UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. I'm gonna hit go live and then I gotta hit my intro and it froze. I can't tell if we're live or what. Oh yeah, here we go. my show. Um, I have with me uh, Emmy award-winning television producer and videographer Tim Swartz, but uh, he's he's been on all kinds of history programs like the Tesla on Tesla, Ancient Aliens, Evidence, uh, Ancient Aliens Declassified. Um, he's written articles in many UFO magazines. He uh, runs the website, The Conspiracy Journal, that he ran for years with Timothy Green Beckley, um, and they together they've written hundreds of UFO books or, or a lot, like or, or between UFO books and articles that they've published. Um, and uh, his, his most recent book that we're going to be talking about today is called The Mimics, which is awesome. It, it goes into angels, demons, fairies, um, the people, the, the others that are in our, our society that aren't human, You're, you know, that we hear a lot about in folklore and ufology or in the paranormal. So, um, so I, with that all said, I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Tim, thank you for coming back on. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, and thank you for uh, having me back on again. I thought after the first time that would be it, but nope, you asked me back. Yeah, and uh, th this is uh, this was this is a really great idea for a book, The Mimics. Um, it, it goes into there's a lot to unpack with it, right? I mean, like one of the things I, I noticed first off is that this was a collaborative um, this was a collaborative thing, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, uh, myself, uh, Sean Castile, uh, Scott Corrales, Paul Dale Roberts, Nigel Watson, Gene Steinberg, the, the list goes, you know, goes on and on. And we all uh, were writers who wrote with Timothy Green Beckley, all right? And uh, after Mr. Beckley passed away, you know, we weren't ready to retire yet. So we decided that uh, we would continue on with our uh, collaborations and uh, 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 produce new material because, you know, this is a subject, the world of the weird. I mean, we're all interested in it and uh, new information comes to us every day. And, and, you know, we want to spread the word. We want other people to uh, realize what a uh, weird and wonderful world we live in. 
Yeah, and this idea of the mimics, the the others that are in our society that aren't exactly human. Um, where did you want to go with this idea? Because there's there's a lot in it. I, I I whooped over the book, and it's a it's an amazing book. Like I loved it. Like, but there there's a lot that you cover in it from all the different kinds of creatures and, and possible entities that we're dealing with. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. It's. Um... The book is, it's really complex, and the subject is complex, and, and I know that uh, on other shows that I've been on, it it can be very difficult, difficult to really try to nail it down, because the phenomena really does resist any kind of, of, of good contemplation or, uh, you know, it, it, just when you think maybe you've got a, a, a good central idea, it, it turns around and shows another completely different face. But um, my initial, my original idea for this book came years and years ago when, as a kid, I bought a, a paperback book at the, at the drugstore, and it was a book by John Keel. And the book was called Our Haunted Planet. There is a section in that book that it's titled Mimics of Man. And, and he really just, uh, you know, it's just a couple of paragraphs that he talks about this subject. And he, he kind of uses it as a jumping off point for other more diverse uh, topics from his book. But I just always, I thought that concept, as John originally proposed it, was intriguing. Because John said, you know, imagine a being that lives in, say, like a big city that looks like us and can act like us, but it's not human. It lives like a hermit and is best kept hidden he's thought in a big city where you know kind of odd people can really go unnoticed in 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 the crowd and i think john's initial idea was a completely separate species from humans you know who who knows you know insect or you know bird or or or, or whatever you but but a physical creature that wasn't human but looked like humans in order to live its life however it, it lives so well it got me thinking though all the other diverse types of Entities, creatures, what have you, that have come down to us through history that still people are reporting today that have that human look. All right. They look human, they act human, but they're obviously not. Yeah, like and that that could be that could be anything from angels, demons, fairies, um, where what we thought we thought what we thought of throughout time as these things. Because what one thing I was thinking is when people see the title, they might think that we're we're going you're, that you're going along the lines of like how Jake David Jacobs went with the hybrids. But I think right. the hybrids would only be only one subset of the others. Like I think the others that you're referring to can be so many different things, whereas the hybrids are only kind of one category of that would that would that be fair to say oh yes exactly and and, and we do uh address the hybrids uh from both uh, uh ufo uh the ufo phenomena 
to um, uh, you know the the old uh, uh, fairies and changeling stories. You go and read these things that uh, uh, were written down five hundred plus years ago, and they sound so similar to the same kind of stories that we're hearing today. But rather than being considered fairies or changelings or the good people, now they're uh, extraterrestrial hybrids. So it's just, uh, that's the fascinating aspect of these stories and of this book is the things that we are seeing today that we may be interpreting as, say, uh, uh, extraterrestrials were things that were also being reported hundreds, thousands of years ago, but given different names, gods, angels, demons, what, what have you. You know, the uh, the players seem to still be the same, whatever they are. But they've taken... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say they, you know, they, they seem to be the same things, but they've just taken on new personas. Yeah, I would say, say, did you ever hear about Brian Allen and Barry Fitzgerald's work where they wrote that they believe these beings can, like, they kind of, like... They they they're the same being, but they have a they wear a different mask. Do you agree with that analogy, or what? What do you think? Oh yes, exactly, exactly. That's uh, um, there. I think that there are a group of these, you know, whatever they are, that do have shape shifting, supernatural, paranormal abilities. Whatever that means, you know, we don't know. We just know that there does seem to be at least, you know, a, a, a subset group, you know, uh, that does show paranormal abilities as well, that uh, they may have the ability to move within our reality from theirs. That they, you know, the, our reality isn't their home, but they can come here and go back. Um, while there are other creatures that are probably just as physical as we are, yet somehow they look human and act human. Um, but that, see, that's that's what makes this all the great mystery. The 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 the, the strange phenomena is you know uh, why there there is well, first of all, why the human shape. I think that's one of the big questions that, that we have to ask in this, because unless, unless, and we know we're not the only creature living on the planet. There, you know, evolution has showed us that it can go off in all kinds of different wild directions uh, besides the human shape, right? But these entities, these beings almost, well, they look human. Not almost all the time. They they look human. Either they were born looking human, or they have the ability to look human, or both. <laughs> but there's something off about them that they're not human, right? Like like when these right. when people have interactions with them, like like whether it's someone seeing a UFO and they see like a human looking ET, or they encounter someone in the supermarket. Well, I think it was Ingo Swan you talked about on another podcast where he encountered a woman in the supermarket and he got some weird feeling from her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that uh, that was a case where after he had done a uh, uh, remote viewing for some uh, uh, unknown government group to look on the moon, 
he was given specific uh, latitudes and longitudes on the far side of the moon to look, and he claimed that he could see uh, uh, buildings like domes, and working outside of these domes were humans. He said they looked exactly like a normal human, but obviously they weren't because they weren't wearing spacesuits. And uh, he also got the uh, impression that they had... uh, very uh, uh, substantial psychic powers, psychic abilities, because they noticed that he was watching them and he left very quickly and then was told by his handlers that these things could detect if they were being remote viewed and could actually retaliate. It was never specified just what kind of retaliation that was. So now then to go on to what you had asked uh, uh, later, he was visiting a friend, uh, Ingo Swan was visiting a friend in uh, Los Angeles. And while he was in a supermarket, he noticed this extremely beautiful woman. He said that she was striking. She had like uh, heart-shaped sunglasses, just beautiful hair, you know, wearing booty shorts, just very, very attractive. And he and she was looking at the avocados. He remembers that. And he, he actually said that, that he moved a little closer to her to get a better look, uh, which coming from Ingo Swan, that's, uh, uh, it, it was kind of funny. But when he did that, he was hit with a psychic impression that this woman, even though she looked human, was not that she was an extraterrestrial. At least she wasn't from this planet, and he could detect that she was also extremely dangerous to him, that somehow if she was able to find out that he was remote viewing her, even though he's right there psychically viewing her, I suppose, that she would be, he just said he felt this welling up of terror inside of him. And he knew that he had to get out of that place as quickly as he possibly could, else be eaten alive. Uh, Wow. Yeah. So, you know, uh, later, though, when he was sitting in the car with his friend and the woman came out of the store and Ingo pointed her out to his friend. You see that beautiful woman over there? A friend who was from Los Angeles said to him, oh, you mean the alien? And he was like, what? He was like, oh, they're all over the place. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, so that makes brings me to the question: like, what where, where do you think? Do you think we're dealing with things from like that are possibly inner Earth, and then things that are coming from other planets to check out our planet, or things that are, are maybe interdimensional? They come from dimensions and they they slip into our dimension, or do you think we're dealing with possibly all three: inner Earth, interdimensional, and extraterrestrial? Oh yeah, probably all three, <laughs> and more, and more. You know, I always tell people I don't believe in 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 anything that uh, I I I like to research and investigate these things and then present what I've found to my readers. But I I keep an open mind and don't really accept anything because next week some new information might come down that would blow it all out of the water, and if I have this mindset already on something that it you know the the others are definitely extraterrestrials or definitely inner earth dwellers 
then it's going to be difficult for me to accept new evidence as it comes on down the line. So I just, uh, like I said, you know, this it, it's 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 fascinating. There's definitely something going on, but as for definitive explanations, I think those are going to remain just out of our reach. And 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 I think a good reason for that is because we are looking at some diverse elements here that are all kind of uh, playing the same kind of game. You know, you you said extraterrestrials or interdimensional travelers or uh, um, uh, maybe like a cousin species of humans that that moved underground or under the sea, you know, a long time ago in order to just get away from us. Um, I think that uh, with with the evidence that, that we present in this book and have uncovered, that there's a possibility that all of those could be uh, correct. With the one unified field theory is that these things do or can look human. But there's something off of them that they're not human, right? There's, yeah, there's oh, always yeah. some kind of characteristic that they're not, that you can almost tell they're not human. Is that what it is? But the... The, the catch is kind of a lot of a lot of the descriptions of, of people who have had interactions uh, with these things. Uh, they often describe. Well, first of all, they'll they'll just get this gut feeling. Uh, probably, I would say at least 90 percent of these cases, the person has this gut feeling that something's not right. That this person that they're talking to, I, I've uh, a lot of a lot of them have said that the person they were talking to wasn't real. They didn't feel like that they were real. Their mannerisms were say robotic. The way they talked, it was almost one person said it was almost like they were reciting something that had been memorized. And if they were asked anything that was outside of that script they had difficulty responding to it. One, one woman who was visited after she had a UFO experience, this is around 1967, I think, she was visited by an Air Force colonel at her house. Now, she never told anyone that she had seen this UFO, yet this colonel showed up at her house wanting to know about her experience. And so she let him in and then offered him a bowl of jello that she had just made. Now this guy did not know how to eat jello she said. He tried to he tried to drink it from the bowl. And she, <laughs> and she had to give him a spoon and show him how to eat it. Now what person wouldn't know how to eat jello? Yeah, that's 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 strange, yeah. right? Yeah, and you know and there's there's all kinds of other examples. There was there was one case where a doctor had been visited by I'm going to say a man in black, though he wasn't, he wasn't dressed in black. He, he was a huge guy wearing a trench coat and just like a regular brown hat. But, uh, 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 and, and this, this strange man told the doctor that uh, his friends called him tiny because he was so big. But a couple of days later, this guy's son and his wife were visited by a couple 
that uh, he actually, they approached him at a McDonald's and said that they knew about his dad's research in UFOs and wanted to know if they could come over to their house and talk to him, talk to them about it. Not his dad, but, you know, with his, his adult children. And and this guy says, I have no idea why, but I told them where we lived and let them follow me in my car. That's something else that you'll find uh, a common factor with a lot of these stories is that when approached, a lot of times people will just throw away all safety guards, let them, throw the doors open, let them in their house. So this couple, when they came over, they first of all, they walked like, uh, they they said they walked so strange, like their legs were attached, uh, not coming down from their hips, but almost from the side of their hips. Like, and they walked, they said, like almost like a marionette would walk. And uh, uh, when this, uh, when the couple sat down, it was a man and a woman, and the man started playing with the woman's breasts. And then asking these people if he was doing it right. <laughs> yeah. and, and they were they were they were offered uh, uh, Coke, Coke, Coca Cola's too, and they didn't know how to drink them from the bottle, so they just they just left them. <laughs> so these are the bizarre types of stories that we get from people who have encounters with the others. Yeah, um, and 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 this this ties into the whole Men in Black and and which it's, you kind of alluded to, but it also ties into the Black Eyed Children too. You write about those in the book, right? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, once again, I mean, we have what appears to be paranormal entities of some kind. Yeah. That look human. Okay. And again, why? Why do they look human? Uh, uh, that's, that's, that's the thing that, you know, it's, it continuously mystifies me and, you know, it, 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 it brings in all kinds of possible, you know, psychological factors. Are we seeing these things as they actually are? Are we anthropomorphizing something that doesn't, that obviously isn't human, but our minds can't accept anything otherwise. So we're making them look human. There's, you know, there's all kinds of possible considerations when it comes to these things, because there does seem to be obvious psychological tricks being played here on the witnesses. But the Black Eyed Children is, is a really good example, because once again, you have modern accounts of things that also were happening hundreds of years ago, all right? If the black-eyed kids 500 years ago came knocking on your doors wanting to be let in, you would say that they were probably vampires because that their, their mode of operation is that they'll knock on your door, you answer it, and without even showing their eyes first, they'll ask to be let in, they're cold, they need to call their moms, something along those lines. Uh, they, they've even said before, you have to invite us in. We can't come in unless you invite us in. And that, again, that goes back to like vampire and uh, uh, fairy fae lore, where these things could never come into your house unless you invited them in. 
Same thing with demons. Did you ever, did you ever hear that? that they, they say if uh, to, to, you have to invite a demon to, into your home and it, they, and then it'll, that they, they say demons are big on invitations as well. I heard, I heard that somewhere. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it uh, uh, you know, all there's just a whole lineage of, of supernatural beings that uh, uh, for whatever reason you have to you have to allow them to come inside they just can't you know come in on their own you have and and there's you know all kinds of stories of uh, almost like fairy tales on how they would trick people into telling them that they could come inside you know disguising themselves disguising themselves as loved ones is a a, a a ploy that's been used before and something that uh, we still see today. Uh, one of our writers, Paul Dale Roberts uh, writes about uh, uh, doppelganger ganger spirits. Okay. People ha are, have a haunted house and they're experiencing hauntings, poltergeist experience. And uh, in one case, the ghost wa would impersonate the uh, uh, slightly older than teenage daughter. The mother would walk into her room and her, you know see her daughter there and you know oh I didn't know you were here and but the girl wouldn't respond so then the mother would turn around and go to the kitchen and the real daughter is actually in the kitchen wow. so yeah so I mean you know it's 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 the same kind of 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 tricks and just mystifying behavior that we have seen for thousands of years. Yeah, you know that's interesting that you say that because um, I remember talking to like a like a like a demonologist one time, and he was trying to make the, the he makes the he does make the comparison between like what like what could be greys and demons or whatever, and he was saying that a lot of times like how the greys come and abduct people, he said these demons would would come and as the woman's husband in the middle of the night and try to mm -hmm. have you know relations with the woman like which i thought was interesting like it's just and i i think what that is is that's just some being that's changing faces or deploying different tactics to get into our area whatever whatever that is right i mean i yeah. don't know yeah exactly well you know we live in the 21st century and and most people uh really i mean they don't believe in demons or angels or or you know uh, gods anymore uh, but if you would present to them oh well here's you know this this was an extraterrestrial that came into your room and and uh, uh, uh shape-shifted to look like your husband to to you know, try to steal genetic material then a lot of people would be like Okay, that makes sense. You know, it sounds scientific. You know, it's, uh, I think a lot of uh, pe people are a lot more accepting nowadays on the whole idea of, of, of extraterrestrials, people from other planets. I mean, uh, most of us have been raised, you know, I remember Saturday morning cartoons that had the friendly aliens as uh, uh, part of the plots. And, uh, and that was, you know, I don't even, no, I don't even want to remember how many years ago that was. So you look at, you know, several generations now of people who've been raised to accept the idea that we're not alone in the universe. So, you know, like I said, you know, you may not believe in demons being able to uh, uh, change a uh, shape and uh, 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 sneak into your you know, bedroom for a little nightly liaison. 
but a uh, shape-shifting extraterrestrial, well, that's plausible. <laughs> well, one thing, one thing that I thought was interesting was um, you, you put this in your book. Um, it, I just, I, I, I'll, I'll quote from the book. It says, over the years, with the help of his wife, Sherry Hansen, Brad Steiger developed the Steiger questionnaire of UFO, paranormal, and mystical experiences. I was a big fan of Brad Steiger and Art Bell. That's why I, 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 I noted this. It said, after interviewing 40,000 people, he found that a high corporation of had dreams and memories of viewing earth from space being a member of a ufo crew do you remember this um th this, oh, sure this thing that brad steiger did yeah he's he's talking about the uh, star seeds and uh, these were and still are people that uh feel like that they their their souls actually have come in and uh, say replaced uh, 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 somebody else's uh, spirit in their body say like at a time when they uh, were extremely sick and passed away and then this uh, alien soul would swoop in and uh, and replace it usually at extremely young age so the star seeds are supposedly uh, uh, extraterrestrials who periodically will make their appearances on earth for you know whatever reasons i mean these these are things that are um beyond our understanding obviously it's supposed to be that they are will be instructors in whatever capacity to help us continue our uh, uh, spiritual evolution on this planet and so uh, brad and, and and sherry believed quite a bit about the whole starseed thing and uh, uh, actually interviewed uh, quite a number of people that were listed in uh, uh, several of their books, you know, about why they thought uh, they came here, uh, uh, what they think that their purpose is going to be. Uh, so, and of course, in when the first several of these books that they wrote, this would have been probably in the late 70s and uh, early 1980s, there was this belief that uh, pretty soon, maybe by the year 2000, that there was going to be a mass landing of of uh, spaceships, of UFOs that were here to, um, to help us for whatever uh, uh, cataclysm was coming this way. Well, of course, that, that didn't happen. But the star seeds continued to appear and to uh, uh, write and contact uh, not not just you know Brad and Sherry, but other investigators as well. So I mean, this this is uh, you know an ongoing phenomena. Yeah, the, a couple that you noted in your book was uh, Avril. The, uh, Avril was one, and then the other one was Commander Sani Seto. Mm -hmm. you, you remember writing about them? Well, that that came from a chapter that uh, was written by Nigel Watson. Uh, oh, okay. From, okay. From the for, yeah from from the UK and uh, but you know once again I mean this is this is a good example of of um, people who believe that uh, that they that they don't have earthly origins. Right now. Most of the things that we write about in our book deal more with the uh, witnesses' experiences rather than some actual uh, uh, others themselves. But uh, but Nigel 
uh, he was able to, uh, to to find several people to to write about to you know have the feeling that um, that they're not from they're not from here that they're from from elsewhere. So it's 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 extremely interesting, and uh, and, and now that I've become more aware of all of this, and you will too now, you'll start seeing these kind of stories cropping up all the time you know, involving a human looking whatever. And, you you know, you'll, you'll be like, I never noticed that before. And there's just so many stories like this. It's just, you know, again, it's a fascinating subject. Yeah. Another thing I pointed out is there was a couple people that felt that they were having like romantic relationships with aliens. I remember in the book, you pointed out David Huggins was one of them. I remember him there was a documentary on him on Amazon. It's called, I can't remember what it's called, but it's something real, real crazy. It's not crazy. It's cra- a little bit crazy. It's, I think, you know, they made it look like it was like out there in the documentary. But And then right. also Bridget Nielsen. I didn't know her. I, I wasn't familiar with her. Those, those were people who were claiming that they were having actual romantic relationships with the others. Is that correct? Yeah, that's uh, that, that's correct. And David, what a great guy! I mean, we uh, we interviewed him on uh, uh, myself and Tim Beckley on uh, one of our uh, uh, radio shows a few years back. And you know, it's it's the odd thing about people who are having these experiences is that the, their stories sound just crazy. You know, I mean, they they sound crazy, and you expect that if you talk to them, they're they're going to be frothing at the mouth or or you know. He seems like a really nice guy from what I saw in the documentary. He's very nice. He's very intelligent, well spoken, and and a good artist too. He's he's what's called an outsider artist, and he's actually done a a number of paintings. detailing his experiences with uh, with beings that uh, you know he feels are extraterrestrials i mean they kind of have that uh, um, uh, gray alien look to them with the big eyes and and things like that yet they must be close enough related to humans that he was able to procreate with one of them you know, there uh, he he talks about uh, one female alien, and they're not the like little short guys. They're they're taller, more more human size. But you know, he talks about uh, uh, him losing his virginity when he was a kid to this uh, to this being, and uh, and then producing children with her. Um, and that's uh, uh, see, and, and once again, boy. This just goes back to those old uh, uh, stories of the, uh, the 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 fairies and the good people, where uh, humans would actually fall in love and and get married to these things and have children, but uh, uh, usually the uh, uh, the fairy person would uh, start to miss their home and would uh, take the, and leave and take the children with them, leaving their poor human husband behind. And it's kind of the same way with, say, like David Huggins. Uh, uh, I mean, he says that he has uh, held his children, his hybrid alien children, but that he would never be able to live with them because uh, they're only partially human and have to be raised in a uh, completely different uh, type of environment. So, uh, but, but once again, see, here are these two completely different types of stories, 
dealing with human type creatures the 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 ancient fairies who would breed with humans occasionally to help shore up their genetic lineage they needed humans in order to keep their own species viable and now we're hearing the same kind of stories coming from the uh, 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 you know, alleged uh, uh, UFO abductees who claim that they have genetic material taken from them because the extraterrestrials need it to keep their genetic lineage going as well. So are we seeing the same things going on here? Different, uh, uh, you know, completely different creatures playing the same game, the same kind of creatures playing the same game, but, you know, taking on a different guise. So like I said before, you don't believe in fairies, but you may believe in extraterrestrials. So, oh, hey, we're extraterrestrials. Oh, <laughs> uh, they, so they're, it's the same. So it's the same phenomena changing its mask, like making itself look like in some cases, maybe. Right. Or I mean, that that's the thing. Is it do you think it's in some cases or all cases? Like, do you think like, for example, like, you know, like we go back to the contact D cases of like nowadays and the 50s, like people are reporting to have encounters with like human looking ETs. Like, but I guess you're saying that could same, be the same thing. It could be like uh the, uh, the phenomena change, but, but but I'm saying people are having positive encounters, though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. where they're not getting genetic material taken or anything like that. Where they're like right. learning things on craft or what, whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're doing. You, I mean, yeah. What do you think about that? No, no, no. Exactly. You know the uh, especially with the uh, the 1950s contactees, people like George Damsky and Howard Menger, they're aliens claim to come from planets within the solar system, from Venus and Mars. And these beings, they were, they were called, called the Space Brothers because they were, they were tall, almost angelic-looking, long blonde hair, you know, beautiful skin, beautiful eyes, uh, uh, always uh, very you know, smart and you know, well-spoken. And I mean, just consider, almost like the, 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 the perfect utopian type of, of human. And so I always have to ask whenever I have these conversations, what's the likelihood of a, of a different species evolving on a planet, not Earth, to look so much like us that if you saw them on the street, you'd want to ask them out, you know. Hey, let's go for a drink. You know, you you're fine. <laughs> you know, that's that sort of thing. All right, it's it's probably. Unless, unless we're dealing with a species that put us here on this planet a long time ago, that we're related to them, all right? That's a possibility, and I bring that out in the book as well, you know. Uh, but, but I think that a, a majority of these cases that we discuss in this book are dealing with things that are probably on this earth with us. Now, when I say on this earth, I mean, they could also be on this earth, but from a different reality, but not necessarily from another planet in another solar system in another galaxy. All right. 
again, because the whole evolutionary thing, what's the chances of another species evolving to look just like us unless they're related, you know, somehow. But see, that also... Go, go ahead, go ahead. I just wanted to say, I just wanted to bring up, you had uh, Lon Strickler in the book, too. I'm a big fan of him. I've had him on the show, and I watch his show, you know, and stuff like that. Like, um, did he write about, like, wing... I didn't get to his chapter in the book. I was just wondering, like, what he wrote about. His his stories were, these, were the ones where uh, uh, it was like... Uh, I can't remember offhand what the, what the chapter title was, but basically, you know, like, you know, who are those weird people across the street? And it, it, a lot of these, and a lot of the stories dealt with like just, you know, bizarre, bizarre neighbors. Uh, uh, there was, there was one that he, he wrote about where the report had come in that this family had lived across the street for years, but, the husband was never never seen to go to work the the uh, the daughter never went to school once a year they would dig uh, a big pit in their front yard and uh, uh and i can't remember now if they had like a bonfire or, or just dig the pit and then fill it back up again they'd you know, i guess they would stand around looking into it and then fill it back up again only to do it again in a year's time uh, uh, just to, you know, just just you know the weird neighbor stories. Uh, you know, uh, um, and you brought up uh, a lawn. Uh, one writer who wrote for Lawn and, and wrote for us as, as well while she was still alive was Chris Holly, and uh, she has uh, just this fantastic personal story of of her involvement with uh, something that obviously, you know, was not human. And this was back in the days uh, when they had uh, Yahoo Chats. And I don't know if you remember those, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, like the early social media at the time where, you know, you could text chat, you know, over the computer, or you could actually, if you had a camera, you know, you could actually do, you know, uh, almost like FaceTime, not just, uh, you know, but like a group of people. And there was there was one guy. His his screen name was Sirius Bound, who obviously was very educated. And and, and uh, when they were doing just audio chats, you know, he he spoke extremely well. But he kept alluding that he because they wanted to see what he looked like, and he was like, "No, there's you don't want to see what I look like. It's that's problematic." He's very intelligent. Any um, if if somebody any book that somebody would reference, and you know, of course, this was the day before uh, uh, Google. You had like you know Alta Vista and fun search engines like that. Um, but uh, if anybody would reference a book, a specific page, he would know. He could recite from that page. So finally, when he did agree to come on camera, she said that he had his his skin was white to being almost an albino, but his eyes weren't pink, uh, uh, long and, and thin, uh, no lips, weird ears. And uh, she said he, he almost gave the impression of being snake-like, which, oh, was, I, yeah, which was interesting. Uh, but, but one of the odd things was that, uh, again, with the books, that uh, when he was on camera, if somebody referenced the book, he'd be like, oh, wait a minute. 
and he'd go off camera and come back with that book, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what <laughs> one thing. One more thing I wanted to get into before we go for the night is uh, your one of the chapters you wrote in the book, which I found was really fascinating, where you get into where you kind of get deep into the fae um, and the fairies. There's you talk about the Irish puka, the German kobolds. I guess these are both like sects of fairies that were, were thought of in that time. And then you mm-hmm. even write about this thing called a nixie, where um, that's like where some it's where some shape shifting elemental gives a romantic uh, relationship with, and and it doesn't end up being so well for the uh, for the person. Um, right. Can you talk about that chapter oh. a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, again, I wanted to present chapters that showed how ubiquitous this phenomena has been throughout the ages, right? And uh, especially when it comes to these creatures and their attraction to humans, and uh, and usually it's 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 a a very strong sexual attraction, and the humans feel it as well. Um, uh, a lot of these stories have to do with with these creatures who try to uh, lure adults, you know, into the woods or into the swamps with the promise, you know, of a good time, but then instead you know, uh, dragging them down into the bottom of the lake or the river to to to, to drown or just to disappear completely. You know, again, hark, almost harking uh, forward to the whole missing four world run types of stories of people who disappear in the woods. Well, see, these creatures back you know, a long time ago were playing the same kind of games. One of their favorite plo- one of their favorite ploys would be to call your name from the woods. Oh my God! I remember that hearing that like when I was like when I was young that that, that they would do that the, right that like that uh, that people would get lured in by somebody would call them like they it would they it, yeah I I remember that a lot like what, yep. is that a, is an example of like what a fairy would be like or or the fae? Oh yeah yeah well uh, and and again depending on your locations or you know what century you were in there's all kinds of different definitions. Uh, we we think nowadays of fairies as being like Tinkerbell from the Disney movies, all right? Most of the descriptions that have come down to us through the ages, you know, some of them do deal with short types of, of human-looking creatures, but a lot of times they were also described as almost like you would see in the Lord of the Ring movies, you know, tall, very beautiful, elegant-looking, and possessing all kinds of, of, of psychic and apparently other types of paranormal uh, uh, abilities, and uh, and then and generally with kind of a disdain towards uh, humanity unless they needed something, and then you know we would be at their beck and call. <laughs> Yeah, one, one, one thing I heard someone say, I'll tell you exactly who said it, and I, I don't want to butcher how he said it, but I found this fascinating, was um, it was Cliff High. He was talking to Richard Dolan one time. I remember the exact conversation. And the Cliff was trying to tell Richard about, like, you know, like Celtic abductions. And he said that, like, there would be, like, reports from the clerisy that would come in that would say, like, so-and-so was taken by the ferry up in a glen or a mist. 
and was possessed and bewitched and now needs exercised. But they would say that they were, they'd say these reports would, would come in by the clerisy that said that they were taken by these, this group of the fairies or whatever, and they were taken in a, in a strange glend or mist or something like that. Now, that, that does sound a lot like alien abduction, right? Or you, you, I mean, someone could take it for that. I don't know. Did you ever hear those stories, or, or what do you think of that? Oh, oh, definitely. And, uh, uh, you know, if you would, do, if you would go and replace the names, uh, uh, fairies with, uh, uh, aliens, then you could, uh, report that story today and people will be like, yeah, well, that sounds just like a, a, a UFO abduction. So, you know, we, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that, we're seeing the same kind of phenomena repeating itself time and time again throughout the ages. And again, like you said, um, different masks, uh, uh, different faces, but still playing this tricksterous types of games with us. Yeah, I agree. Well, this is this was awesome. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find the book, Tim? And thank you so much. And uh, and your website too, and everything. Wherever, anything you want to promote. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for uh, uh, having me on and uh, allowing me to babble on about this. You can find uh, mimics. The Others Among Us on Amazon.com is probably the easiest place uh, for immediate gratification. You can either get a print version or there's an e-version available as well. Uh, you can find all of our books, myself, Tim R. Schwartz, Sean Castile, uh, Scott Corrales, and uh, all of our other great writers on Amazon as well. Our website is conspiracyjournal.com. Uh, uh, we... Uh, we're we're still putting up uh, you know articles and uh, book reviews and things like that. So uh, give us a visit. And there's also links uh, uh, to all of our books on this site as well. But I always like to say you know Conspiracy Journal, all the weird news and information that they don't want you to know. <laughs> I like that. And your website's awesome. People need to go check out your website. It's awesome. You founded that with the great and rest. I was going to say rest in peace, Tim Timothy Green Beckley. You founded that with Mister Mister Beckley, right? Yes, yes, that's uh, that's correct. And uh, uh, we actually we have some chapters uh, in the Mimics book uh, by Tim Beckley because it's it just wouldn't be a book by all of us if we didn't have uh, uh, something from Tim. Uh, to uh, to help us carry carry his torch along. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well, thank you, Tim, and uh, and uh, until next time. Until then, you I know you'll have a new book coming out soon, so uh, I'll see you in, in the next one. All right. Well, thank you very much. I uh, had a great time tonight, and I hope your uh, viewers enjoy this as well. All right. Thanks, Tim. Have a good night, and thank you everybody for tuning in. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>